Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Romans, please, chapter 6. We're going to go through the whole chapter 6, but before he starts my clock, Two things, Ed Price. Ed Price, stand up and wave at everybody that might not know you. This is Ed Price. This is who you need to see, man. We need you to register. I know that you have an aversion to registration. But if you do not register, we don't know whether you're going to eat breakfast or supper. So we'd like to know, you know, I can be there for breakfast, but I can't be there on Friday night for supper. We'd like to know that. We'd like to know, hey, I can be there Friday night, but I can't be there Saturday. We'd like to know that. And that way we can prepare and uh, make sure we have enough food for everybody. So they'll ha- you got a table set up in the back uh, that, 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 that uh, you can go sign up for. Also, I want to just talk about a couple things real quick before I get started on the message. If we could have the missionaries up here, uh, if you could get that uh, pulled up. We've got a lot of people that we support out of this church financially all over the world. I love the, the lyrics to that song, Michael, when we talked about how the, we're asking for rain all over the world, where Eastside Church is asking for rain all over the world in person we're asking the Lord be poured out. And this is what we got going on. Jeff Collins, who is related to Richard Allen, uh, he, he's uh, in the Middle East and in Europe or going that way. He was in Mexico. Now he's, he's going to the Middle East and Europe. I told him that must be a rough trip. In the Middle East might be a little rough. Europe sounds kind of fun, but it's getting rough as well as they, as they go. We're supporting Jeff and his ministry. Shannon Powell is the head of uh, the FCA at Wingate College. We support him every month. We need to be praying for him as he uh, tries to reach young people there at Wingate. We have relationship with him. That's why we chose Wingate, because it's a natural relationship. We don't have to work anything up. And um, he's, a, he's an incredible, we invest in Shannon. He's an incredible man of God. Shelly Patterson out of Eastside Church is in China. Eric and Joella Little are in Papua New Guinea. Uh, we also support Bill and Edith Dingle at Ichthus Ministries on a monthly basis. We also support West Stanley Christian Ministries on a monthly basis. Uh, we also are very engaged with Hope Match. You all know uh, we, we did a, a ton of stuff. Wasn't that fun at Christmas with Hope Match? Uh, 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 Frank and Michelle Clark, I think, are still on their board of directors, and we support them as well. We uh, also support a young lady with Compassion International, in Tanzania, Africa. Uh, we also need to continue to remember that Zoe uh, is out of this church. She considers this church her home. She's currently in Cyprus and in Israel ministering there. Uh, also, we've got uh, Love Life Charlotte uh, that we are engaging in even in a more heavy way this year. Uh, one of the things that's coming up that you need to be aware of is that this Saturday, this coming Saturday, there is a training for counselors, and there are, is a need for both female and male counselors. Well, you say, well, what, what can we help counsel? Well, there are two, two different type folks. First of all, in an, an abortion, there is a male and there's a father as well, and so we need to be able to minister to both. Secondly, uh, some go through with the abortion, and some, uh, and they need counseling, and they need help. We don't need to abandon them. Just you know, in, in that moment, they need the church as probably as much as anybody at that point. And then some choose life, and they need somebody to walk with them. Usually, they're in a place where they don't feel like they can give some financial support or any other kind of support, and we want to come along side them as a church and do that. They have 35 people that are mentors now, and this is a mentoring training. Uh, They're looking for 200 mentors uh, so that they can mentor people in the community that they come in contact with. And so there's a training here at Eastside. We've given them access to the building so that they can do their training here. I would love to if the Lord puts it on your heart and you begin to pray and think, man, I, I, I really have compassion for those folks. Um, 
you can also sign up. How you do that is you go to Love Life Charlotte website and you can, you can sign up for that training. That happens here on Saturday. Amen? That's a pretty big deal right here for a church of 300, 350. Wouldn't you agree? Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord applause for that. <laughs> now, as we enter into, I think, a turbulent society, would you agree that we're in somewhat of a turbulent time? Uh, the Lord has really opened my eyes to a lot of things. First of all, and what this message is born out of is this, this statement from the Lord. Uh, you've, been, you've been doing it all wrong. Don't you love it when you hear something like that from God? You, you've been thinking wrongly. Let, let me help you think rightly. That's called moving into righteousness. Now, if you think I'm the only one that gets that, the only reason that you're not getting it on a daily basis is because you're not in the Word enough. But otherwise, you'd be getting it on the daily basis. You're not quite thinking right on that. Let me go tweak. Let me tweak the way you think or the way you see that. That's what happens when you get in the Word. So, and so I, this was born out of you're not thinking right. And, and, and it was also born out of I'm tired of seeing Christians defeated. I'm tired of seeing lukewarm Christians, Christians who are staying in uh, bondage and bad situations and don't ever seem to be able to get out. You know people like that. Maybe you're like that. Maybe you know people like that. Maybe you stay in situations too long. And so this, this uh, revelation that the Lord, I believe, has given me, I think will change your perspective. As I studied this, I had to study all kinds of eschatology. I spent more time spending in the Word on this message. I would say I, I've got probably in the neighborhood of it's, it's in between probably 35 and 60 hours. I don't, I'm not really sure, but there's a lot of study in the last two weeks that's gone on to really get a hold and make sure that I present this the way I want it presented this morning. And the reason being is it has a lot to do with really two different thought processes. And I think the what you believe about end times makes a big difference of how you view what I'm about to tell you. And a lot of times the end times thinking, what we think is going to happen, that the church is not going to be here, that we're going to be called out and, and the great tribulation is going to come and praise the Lord Jesus is going to make sure I don't have to go through it and all that kind of thing makes gives us a tendency to, to just disengage and to, to stay in a place that we're, in a, we're, in a, we're stuck. It just makes us stuck. Another thing that makes us stuck is when we, when we think grace, when we misuse what we call grace, and, and it's born out of a bad definition of grace, and a misunderstanding of what grace really is. Grace is not mercy. And there are too many people who confuse the two. Grace is empowerment to live the life that God chose for you. It's, it's undeserved, but it is undeserved empowerment to succeed and have victory. And it came at the cross at Calvary. It came with the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So this message is born out of that. And so we're talking about reigning in freedom. And how we do that is we recognize that it's not done by keeping a set of rules. It's done by being motivated by the love of God. And so I entitled this message, Dead, Dead, Dead. Say that with me. Dead, dead, dead. Now, when you get done with this, you, you're going to have a whole paradigm shift. I can promise you. Most of us. So let's read. I'm going to just read Romans chapter 6. You with me? So what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace 
may abound? And the answer is no. How shall we who died, say that with me, who died, say it louder, who died. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Say that one more time. How, let's read it together. How we who died continue to live in sin. Where'd it go? I don't even see it. Oh, there it is. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in sin? What's the answer to that question? What's the answer to the question? interesting, isn't it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus was baptized into his Therefore we are with him through baptism into that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness to life. It's a powerful, powerful thought. Just as Christ died, you should walk in newness of life. For if we have been unified together in the likeness of His, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing that, knowing this, that our old man was with him, that the body of sin might be done away with. That actually means rendered inoperative. The, the body of sin has been rendered inoperative. It cannot operate. It's been unplugged. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. He who has has been freed from sin. Who is he saying died? So you have been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death, say it with me, death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives he lives to God. Right? So listen to what it's saying right here. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, say likewise, likewise. you also... Reckon yourself to be indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? No. Do you not know 
that to whom you present your sla- yourself slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed. Say that with me. Obey. Do you see that that is past tense? Do you see that that is written as history? From the, from the heart, that form of doctrine to which you were, you were, past tense, delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves to righteousness. Do you see that that is in past tense? Do you see that? I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and, uh, and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen? Amen. So there's a couple of things that comes up that, first of all, I got corrected by, and this is it. Here's the big one. Here's the big one. When you look in Galatians chapter 5, you'll see this this thought process of the man, the rejuvenated man, and what happens when you walk in the Spirit. If you're walking in the Spirit, then there's this production of fruit that you can see when somebody walks in the Spirit. And then it says, but the works of the flesh are this. And this is what it says. When I looked up the Greek for flesh, it's mentioned twice. But the works of the flesh, that means the unrenewed man. This is the fruit of the unrenewed man. This is, and then the second time that that it's mentioned, it says this is the fruit of the carnal man. The man that is, again, unrenewed. And so, what it's saying is, This is not your fruit if you are in the Spirit. Now, here's here's the problem that I've always had. And I've even probably taught it since I've been here. So you're going to have to have mercy on me. Amen? Here's the deal. So oftentimes in what we do is, you know, there's such a blame game going on out there. You know, we blame everybody else for all our stuff. You know, there's such a blame game going on that we, we tend to blame the old man and the old nature for all the sin that we continue to commit. None of you probably are guilty of that. But we lean on the fact that we once were sinners and then our name got changed to saints, but somehow we didn't lose the, 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 the sin nature, the, the, the passion for sin, and that's where the error is. The error is you being able to blame your old man for your current sin. And what we do is we, we talk about it like, well, my flesh is weak. My spirit is this, but my flesh is weak. We see that. We also see in Scripture... And, and I've uh, even probably in Ephesians where it says you don't fight against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and heavenly places, right? When we see that scripture, what we say is we think to ourselves, listen, y'all do this just like I do. We say, well, Aunt Sue, you know, she's, <laughs> she's tough. I got to fight Aunt Sue or my mama. You just don't know my mama. I don't fight. You know, I know I don't fight my mama's flesh. I fight her da-da-da-da-da, right? So, or my boss or 
my husband or my wife or my, you know, whatever, whoever we're in relationship, our tendency is to think, you know, I shouldn't have anything against them because I don't fight against flesh and blood, but I fight against principalities and powers in heavenly places, right? Well, we leave that there instead of adopting that for ourselves. What we do then is we say to ourselves, well, I'm just fighting flesh. No. You're not fighting flesh. You're fighting powers and principalities in heavenly places. Because the old man is dead. He's, say it with me, he's dead, dead, dead. And there's no way that you have the power to resurrect him. You cannot. Only Jesus can. Jesus is the only one that's been raised from the dead. You can't do it. You died when you received him. It is no longer you who live, but Christ in you. You tracking with me? So quit using the excuse that I really want to do what's good, but I always find myself not doing what's good. It's just like Paul. He did it in Romans chapter 5, 6, and 7. Yeah, he did. He did say that about himself until he had an encounter with Jesus on the road at Damascus where he saw the light. And he says about that, I always don't want to do, I, don't, I end up not doing what I want to do, and I always do what I don't want to do, but who's going to take me away from this body that is empowered and in prison to sin? Praise be to God, my Lord Jesus Christ, who has defeated the power of sin in my life. He no longer has dominion over me. I am, my man is dead, and I'm alive to the Spirit of God. Alive forevermore. No longer to use the dead man as an excuse for my behavior. See how we do it? Now, let me tell you what I think happens. The Spirit of the oppressor, the father of lies, the one who has no other tongue, whispers in your ear and tries to remind you of who the dead man used to be. It says, didn't you like the dead man? And you say, yeah, I kind of like the dead man. Well, then go do what the dead man did. And you say, okay. Now, here's the issue. What Scripture teaches us is that we may be saved or we may not. Because Scripture is very clear on the fact that there's this transfer that's been made. There's this transfer of, of life, that, that, you are, that you're no longer motivated by the same thing. And so let's go over that real quickly. The old, the age-old argument about grace. But matter of fact, let me just say this before I even get into this. I went to the Internet to look up all this eschatology thing. I meant to say this earlier. But there's so much hatred and vindictiveness to people who don't think the same thing about eschatology, which, to be honest with you, is just, you know, you're talking about seeing in a mirror dimly. There's no theologian that doesn't see in a mirror dimly when it comes to the end time stuff. And there is at least 10 different opinions on it. And now we live in such a, 
a turbulent time that, that men are, are, are challenging and ripping men of God on the internet with language and with tone that should never ever be spoken about another Christian. And it's, it is on every man that I love and I know personally that are, that are in the kingdom of God, there was always somebody or a list of somebodies who personally attacked their character and their theology and called them false prophets and everything else based on something, a difference of opinion or interpretation about Scripture that never had anything to do with Jesus is Lord of all. Never had anything to do with it. And that is not the Spirit of God. You can be as dogmatic about what you believe about God, but if you don't know how to love somebody, there is no evidence of the Spirit of God in your life. You cannot respond like that and be motivated by the Spirit of God. I don't care what you believe. So the evidence of being saved is love. You move from a place of having to, to do. You move from a place of having to uh, uh, just conform yourself to a set of instructions which are righteous instructions. But it's called the law. And you have to keep that or you're not in relationship or you make a sacrifice. This new covenant is not an operation of the law, but it's an operation of love. The age-old argument of grace. Well, what's grace? Grace is God's power working in our circumstances that does more than we can do on our own. So the old way to God says that we have to keep the rules. The new way says we have to walk in the power love brings to us, and it will keep the rules. What keeps the rules? The love keeps the rules. Your love for God and your love for His kingdom. And his way, that love, that motivation is enough to keep the rules. And so you'll move from a place of rule keeping to a place of love. And as you respond to love, love carries out the rules. It's exactly what you said, Sue. It goes exactly along with the prophetic word that the Lord gave you. It's not us that do it. It's love that do it. And God is love. So the old way to God says, if you fail to keep the rules, what you have to do is you have to confess and make a sacrifice. But the new way to God says, all have failed to keep the rules. So a sacrifice has been made for all your fa failures once and for all. That's what the new rules are. Now listen to this. I was just talking to a pastor brother the other day, and he was, he, he was, you know, he was just confessing some things, and, and, uh, and he was feeling guilty, and the devil was just like getting all over the top of him, and he was, he was like, he was, what, he was hurting. He says, man, I just, I just got to ask for forgiveness. And I, I said, I asked him, I said, what for? And then he said, he gives me a list. And I went, you don't have to ask for forgiveness for that. He said, well, it says if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you on all unrighteousness. I said, yeah, you did that, right? You did that, right? See, there's always been this argument about does grace cover all this stuff? Well, let me just ask you a question. If you, don't, if you think the only way your sins are going to be, be forgiven is that you confess your sins to God outside the first time. I mean, once you come into the family of God, if you think the only way he can forgive you your sin is that if you confess them, wonder if you don't 
if you forget a sin. Wonder if you just don't recognize that it's sin. What happens then? Well, it's not forgiven. Well, if that sin's not forgiven, you don't make it. Because nothing that has sin on it enters the kingdom. So you don't, once you confess, what's the truth? When you confess your sin, and when you're no longer motivated by your own passions and your own lust, but you're motivated by the love of God, you receive the love of God, you're motivated by that love, that old man, that sin-filled, motivated sinner, is dead, dead, dead. It's dead. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. The old way to God says, the law didn't have the power to bring about success. The new way to God says, if we receive and appropriate God's outpouring of love through Jesus once in a lifetime payment for sin, say that with me, once in a lifetime payment for sin through the death on the cross, his defeat of sin and death through his resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we have newness of life, a new life in God, empowered to succeed. Empowered to succeed. You no longer have to be a failure. The old way to God makes us aware of our sin. The new way of God gives us power over sin. Grace is extended, but it's not always appropriated. Grace is God's power working in me that accomplishes more than I can do on my own. That applies to God's initial work at salvation. It also applies to the overcoming life of being bound by sin. So we've got to leave the old, that's number one. Number two, we've got to leave the old man in the grave. Say that with me. I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave my old man in the grave. Quit fighting the old man. Quit fighting the old man. The old man is dead, dead, dead. That's worth the price of admission right there, isn't it? <laughs> Baptism is a symbolic ceremony of the old man identifying with Christ's death and resurrection. So what we've got to start doing is start fighting the real enemy. This is what the Lord has shown me over the last weeks. That your enemy is not you. You don't fight against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities in heavenly places who would lie to you, who in John 10, 10 says, comes to kill, steal, and destroy you. Amen. There's a spiritual attack on your body, and if you're not, if you're not ready for it, you're going, to be, you're going to be easy prey. There are so many that are so easy, it's ridiculous. And the reason is, is we won't, we either haven't come into a knowledge of who Jesus is and we aren't motivated by the Spirit of God. And we haven't been renewed by His Spirit. Or we just have no idea of who we are in Christ. And I would suggest most of the church is there. That they have no idea who they are in Christ and what God expects of them as a believer and what he has empowered them to do. So we have to stop living life defeated by hell. We have to understand what the word dominion means. The word dominion is used here in verse 14. It says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Sin does not have authority over you. It does not have power over you. Why? 
because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He doesn't have power over you to continue to sin. Stop it. You see what I'm saying? Stop it. Stop. Stop blaming your sin on the flesh. And focus on the Spirit. Stop allowing hell to win. Take dominion by fighting the true enemy. In other words, when you get a thought that says, well, you've always done it this way. Or that wasn't so bad. Or maybe I'll just, I'm just going to move as close to the world as I can so that I can reach more people for Christ. That makes a heck of a lot of sense, don't it? That's about the stupidest tactic of the church that, that I have ever believed. We don't want the power of a, of a God who heals to be the tactic. We want to get as close to looking like the world so they won't be offended. <laughs> who thought of that? You think that's heavenly? That doesn't sound heavenly, does it? Some preacher heard a voice. That somehow watered down the gospel. It just happens. It happens in all your life. You've got to recognize that when you start getting things, does that kingdom, does that sound like God? Is that God? Is that going to advance the kingdom? Is that going to make me who God created me to be? If it's not, listen to the voice. Know the voice of God and quit allowing yourself to sin. Sin is not agreeing with God. Sin is when you think your opinion is more valuable than God's or your way is better than God's somehow. You got that, you figure that. I don't know how we do that, but we do do that, right? We've got to recognize that the enemy wants to, wants to disarm us to be ineffective. He wants to make us, render us ineffective. The, the other prophetic word that came was th that basically it says, I want to make you effective. I want to make you effective. How are you going to be effective when you recognize the lies that are coming in? And when you, when you push them away and, you, and you're motivated by the love of the Spirit of God. Listen, you can understand the love of God. You can receive the fullness of the love of God. And then you can get so used to it that you, no other love will do. And then because you're so used to receiving it, then what happens is it just fills you up. It's called being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then you start loving people like you're being loved. Amen. And that's how you're successful. Well, how do you do that? you got to know that you're not fighting your old man. you got to know that what you're fighting is trying to kill you and trying to render you ineffective for the kingdom. And God has a plan for you to be effective. True believers live a life that focuses on God and that is alive to God. Your focus needs to be off of what you've always done, what you've always liked, how you've always done it, what you always say, how you always feel. And it needs to begin put on the kingdom of God and, and who God is. And you need to become alive to God. You need to release yourself to grow in the grace and the knowledge of God. The power and the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life. We should walk in newness of life. And that is compared to the death and the resurrection of our Lord. Just as he died, you also die and live. So what does it mean to walk in newness? And, and will my newness affect others? Let me just tell you this. Your newness looks like God. So if you ever want to know if you're walking in the newness 
of the, of the born again, the spirit formed, the, the love received life, it's going to bear the fruit of love. It's going to bear the fruit of Ephesians and Galatians. You're going to see it manifest, and you're going to see that it should exponentially begin to manifest, and you should see less and less and less of the old man. And if you're not, you're probably really not walking in the newness of life. It's not some raising your hand in church and acknowledging that Jesus Christ existed. It's laying down your life and giving it to him so that it's no longer you who live, but Christ that lives in you. So the old man was crucified with Christ. He's dead, 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 so that the body of sin might be done away with. So that we are no longer slaves to sin, but instead slaves to righteousness. So we love God, and then we love people. We are dead to sin and alive to God. Listen to this. Galatians 5.24 says this, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Do you hear me? Did y'all hear that? That's past tense. Listen to this. And those who are Christ, say that with me, those who are Christ have, have, have done dead 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 they have crucified the flesh with its and who does that christians that's not seeker sensitive unless you're really seeking god unless you want an encounter with the Creator. And then that's just truth. So let me read in my closing about 150 scriptures. <laughs> Have you got them up there, Kevin? This is talking about a sin-filled world. Verse 32. This is Romans chapter 1. You can read it with me. Who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death. Not only do they do the same, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. How do you know somebody's not saved? When they practice unrighteousness on a habitual basis and approve the things that the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 is sin. And they also wink at those who do. That is dominant in our culture. It's dominant in our culture. Let's go to the next one. Romans 6, 11. Let's read this out loud. Read it loudly and let's read it together. Let's see if I can not mess it up. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. Let's say that again. Reckon. I like that. See, that's scriptural. I reckon. I reckon it is. Anyway. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Let's read this next one. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit of God. That goes right back to the prophecies. Let's keep going. For when we were in the flesh, stop, when we were, come on, when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. 
verse 6. But now, say it again, but now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. That's good. Let's read it again. Let's go next. 150. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me... Let's stop again. Stop. I want you to see it. For the law of the Spirit of the life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. In Him, in Jesus, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. That is so good. I mean, we know how ugly circumcision is, but think about him circumcising your sin off of you. He cut it off. Keep going. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Next. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. For you did what? Dead, dead, dead. That's right. For you, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. You've put on that new man. Have put on. 2 Corinthians 4.10, always caring about in the body, dying, <laughs> always, everywhere you go, carry about in, in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. Keep going. 5.17, 2 Corinthians, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, becoming conformed to his Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Stand fast, therefore, in the freedom of by which Christ has made you free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. But God forbid that I should boast except in this, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. As free, yet not using freedom as a cloak for vice, but as slaves of God. Jesus bore our sins in his own body. What did he do? Is that past tense? It's already happened. On the tree, that we having died to sins, again, that we having might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. This is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also 
live with him. For he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. For all live to him. Amen? No more excuses. Don't be fooled. Know who you're fighting. Fight the good fight. You have power over Satan. Satan has been defeated. He's been embarrassed. He's been embarrassed because his power and dominion has been ripped away. From who? From you. From you. So that I can live in victory. Amen? Amen. So I don't know where you are this morning. But I, I really, listen, don't allow personality traits that don't look like yours just be who you are. Do not name your dysfunction. Don't name it generational. Don't name it, don't like it. Don't, don't identify with it. I know people who would identify with, you know, I'm just, I just, you know, I'm just, I'm just mad all the time. You know, I just got a quick fuse. I just can't control my tongue. You know, I just talk a lot. Or I just, you know, I just have a hard time forgiving people. I just, I just, no. Why? Because that man is, that woman is So in your marriages, raising your children, with your relationships, let your motivation by the Spirit of God be love. Love is the characteristic and the driving force of the Spirit of God. Love never fails. Amen? Let's stand. Thanks for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.